Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick or the Notorious Fantasy, and today I am joined with Dr. Edwin Porras, and today we are going to be talking about injuries that you know, matter for fantasy football. I've said for like a week now that I was going to be bringing on a doctor to give us a true explanation on what is going on with all of these injuries. A lot of players got hurt. And at the end, we're going to be talking about Cam Akers, who obviously just ended up getting hurt, which is obviously a terrible scene to see, but something we got to talk about, even if it doesn't affect this season, it should have a pretty big impact on next season as a lot of people were very high in Cam Akers and he could be a guy that a lot of people are looking to target in 2021. So before we get into it, I'm going to introduce uh, Edwin real quick and also I just want to ask for you guys do you end up enjoying to make sure that you subscribe so Edwin if you're good you can just uh, go ahead and introduce yourself here yeah man I appreciate you having me we had some technical difficulties because of me trying to get the schedule so I appreciate you being patient with me and I'm happy to be on uh, yeah just follow me on Twitter at FB injury doc and all my written stuff's over at fantasypoints.com and my podcast the injury prone fantasy football podcast I've been trying to give it more love lately where I try to do a 10 to 15 quick breakdown on players that are relevant situations that are relevant sort of like what we're going to do now but this will be a little bit longer form which is okay because we need that sometimes exactly a nice long form video for all the folks at home so make sure you guys get some popcorn and uh sit down here because this is going to be a nice interesting breakdown so the first player to be bringing up here is probably the most notable name at least right now because there are a lot of reports about this running back saquon barkley and if he's going to be good to go for week one or if it's going to take till week four for him to truly be healthy and not be on a pitch count so can you kind of explain to me what happened here with saquon barkley and if you think he will be fine for week one or if you think that maybe with these reports about Saquon Barkley not being ultra confident, it seems like in being healthy week one, if you believe that that is true or if you think he's good to go. Okay, so it's important to understand that we can't, we can project a player's health based on the averages and historical data, but we can never know exactly what a team is thinking and how they're going to operate regardless of what that data says. So that's important to get out front and say right away. The second thing is Saquon Barkley had an ACL tear with a minor meniscus issue and also had a an MCL tear. Uh, they didn't touch the MCL and those don't impact return to sport. The meniscus does impact return to sport a little bit because it has to be delayed in the early phases of rehab. But luckily they were able to suture the meniscus instead of taking it out part of that, that, that piece out. And so presumably it healed well. And then the ACL, of course, so he's had from the time that he had surgery to the time that week one kicks off, he's going to be 10 months. And I think it's 13 days. The average return for these dudes is between nine and 10 months. The longer, the better. Typically, that's how that's what you see. Now, it's super scary for me to be on the opposite end of some of the reports, because, for example, Stefania Bell, who is a direct um, sort of reason that I'm even in this position that I'm in because I saw her do it. And I was like, oh, I could do that then, too. She's a goat, right? She's the first injury analyst ever, period. And so she's not super confident in his ability to take snaps or whether he will take snaps or not. So it's scary to be on the opposite end of that. But. I think if New York is even sees even a flash of Saquon, I personally believe they're not sharp enough to say, oh, we should preserve him anyway, even if he looks good. I don't think they're that sharp is the <laughs> bottom line. You also have to look at the fact that the historical data shows that the more athletic a player is, the higher their draft capital is and the less complicated that their tear is, the more the higher the likelihood chance of them returning to previous levels of sport. Now, does that guarantee that week one kickoff Saquon's going to take a full workload and be ready for a full workload. No, it does not. But I've sort of come to the conclusion for myself anyway, is that yes, he can fail. He can fall into the 20% of players who have soft tissue or just knee swelling complications that go on uh, since 2015, by the way, this is players after ACL. 
Um, he can fall into that 20% bucket, have issues, and it can be, it can nag him. He can also be one of the most athletic dudes, talented dudes with the most amount of time since Adrian Peterson to rehab from this injury. And that's where we have to look at it from a fantasy perspective. Do you sleep with three pairs of socks at night, you know, just in case? Do you carry around two jackets during the day and during the winter just in case to be safe? No, we're chasing upside. You can't on at, at one end of your mouth say you chase upside while ignoring one of the most talented NFL running backs that we've ever seen and athletic with his entire profile over at fantasypoints.com. You can read the entire breakdown, by the way. Um, sorry, <laughs> I had to plug that there. But what, what I'm saying here is if you want if you want the full picture, like zoom out, upside is Saquon Barkley. You can take on the risk and you do have to take on the risk. And I understand there's some risk, but I believe personally that it's relative. Okay, so that means basically from what you're saying is that you're fine drafting him at pick four, five, six around then inside the first round then based upon what you're saying. Yeah, and I've actually gotten sick to my stomach seeing him fall to the second round in some places. Yeah. Non-super flex leagues, and I'm just shocked. I don't understand it. I really don't get it, man. And if you're letting him fall past like the the one one oh five, I don't I can't help you. I really can't help you. I can't I can't help you there. Yeah, I've been doing tons of drafts, and it seems like more recently, as all these reports keep coming out, that he's falling even further back. I've seen him go like 10, 11, 12 in a lot of these best ball drafts that I've been doing. And, you know, obviously, as someone who doesn't know too much about this kind of stuff, I was like, oh, maybe that makes sense. Maybe he is going to be missing some time and people aren't maybe a little bit more worried. But like you said, chasing upside is one of the most important things inside of the first round of your draft. And when you can get a running back that is athletically as gifted as Saquon Barkley, with the guys whose legs look like Saquon Barkley, he's going to be perfectly fine. I can tell you that much, at least from what Edwin has said, I'm back on the Saquon Barkley train. No need to worry. Hopefully this video will show the people that are watching this to understand that Saquon Barkley will be fine or that maybe some of these other players will not be as fine. I don't know. It depends uh, when we get there. So yeah, you got anything exactly. else to add on uh, Mr. Barkley here? Yeah. Yeah. And and again, I just want to make sure everybody knows I'm not saying this is a slam dunk and I'm not saying this is a guarantee. I'm saying that based on the entire situation, everything that we know about the situation to me, the most likely scenario here is that, Maybe he gets limited snaps in week one and then just smashes the rest of the time. He okay. is an outlier and he is a dude that possesses so much upside and is falling so far in drafts that I think is just absurd. And then I think I should probably mention too, it was announced today. He started camp on the pup, the physically unable to perform list. That's not a big deal. And there's another player that we're going to talk about later. That's also on the pup, but don't worry about the pup right now. He can come off the pup at any point. This was a plan all along for Saquon. So I wouldn't worry too much. Yeah, we're also so far out from the start of the season that being on the pup list right now, at least in my opinion, doesn't really seem to mean too much. But as the season or the offseason goes along, as we get into preseason, closer to kickoff, we're like 50 days out now, something like that. So once we get closer, then you guys have to really start worrying about that. So the next player up here, also in the same division of the Dallas Cowboys, Amari Cooper, wide receiver of the Dallas Cowboys, dealing with an ankle injury right now, which is something that I personally didn't view as super severe, but a lot of people has have been bringing it up. So, yes, um, Amari Cooper, right? This is a little more concerning simply because this is a guy who has had constant foot and ankle issues. I'm pretty sure he has plantar fasciitis, which is a condition that doesn't, for him anyway, hasn't gone away, hasn't gotten better. And now he's got this injury that happened, I think it was week 17 last year or whatever it was, week 16 or 17. Um, he had surgery for it. We don't know what specific uh, uh, 
surgery was had, right? Um, I believe if I'm if I'm reading this correctly, it was Pilicero. Uh, I can't say his last. I don't know if you can say his last. Tom name, Policero was that his name? Polis, yeah, Policero. Um, he specifically reported that he had a scope, but a scope could be a ton of different things. Bottom line, we don't know what it was, although it's relatively minor. It seems that was in January. Then he had irritation that happened in June, and now he's still on the pup. So a scope, a surgery that was relatively minor, that by now, by, you know, for our purposes, should have been a non-issue, is still an issue, and he's on the pup. So for now, especially within the first quarter of the season or so, I'm extremely cautious on Amari Cooper. But that means that everybody's going to be jumping on the CD Lamb train, and I don't think that's a bad. I don't think that's a bad uh, uh, choice there, specifically because Amari Cooper gives so many dud games, and this is just something else, another layer that we're going to have to worry the rest of the year. Is this still bothering him? Is he getting injections every time? What is going on with it? Is he going to need another surgery? Uh, is that ankle bothering him now? Is he able to plant, push off, push off, and cut? This just the volatility there for right now is just too much for me to invest. Um, I haven't seen his ADP. I haven't seen his ADP because ADP changes so quickly. Yeah. But for now, it's it's uh, it's definitely a situation that I would monitor closely. Yeah, like you just brought up with CD Lamb. Now, based upon current ADP I've been looking at, it seems like CD Lamb is getting drafted around a pick or two ahead of him. So it seems like maybe that point you made was correct where Amari Cooper is going to keep falling down and Lamb's going to move up as long as no news comes out about Amari Cooper. So with the plantar fasciitis, I believe I said that correctly, he dealt with that a lot last season in the offseason and then he was fine a couple weeks into the season. So do you think he's just prone to getting that kind of an injury? Again, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know if that even makes sense to you, but <laughs> you know, no, not necessarily. And it, but it's a good question. It doesn't necessarily mean he's he's more susceptible to foot ankle issues. It just means he just happens to have had more foot and ankle issues, especially with this one that was traumatic. Um, that's another sort of piece. I think that's a bigger picture thing to look at when it comes to determining if a player is more susceptible to injuries or not. Um, is is it traumatic or is it not? Oftentimes, traumatic injuries don't necessarily mean that a player is injury prone. It just means they're human, right? And this was a pretty nasty, gruesome injury. If you go back and watch the video for Amari Cooper, his foot got cut underneath a defender that was tackling him. So I don't necessarily think that he's more susceptible to foot ankle injuries, but it does add to his history of foot and ankle injuries, if that makes sense. I don't know if that's that's sort of how I would frame that. It's not. It's, it doesn't look good for his for his outlook right now. Okay, so based upon what you're saying, my gauge on it is at least to be pretty nervous about Amari Cooper, especially if you're drafting right now. Do you think that something could change soon where he gets off the pup list and then you're more comfortable? Or even if he comes off the pup list relatively soon, would you still be nervous of a re-aggravation? Yeah, it's going to be something that we're going to have to monitor closely. If he if he were to come off the pup tomorrow, right? Yeah, I would think to myself, hmm, well. I guess there's really nothing to, to worry about now, but I would still monitor it. Um, if we get all the way into the preseason and he's limited practices and, you know, he's on the injury report foot ankle, but he's a, a, a full participant and then it keeps lingering. Yeah. This is something that if it, especially if it lingers and we keep hearing rumblings about it, this could be something that requires him to need a, a steroid injection. They worst case scenario might even have to go in and do another scope to clean out whatever's going on there. I mean, this is just a super volatile situation right now, which is why if you're if you're investing in Mari Cooper right now, as it stands in July, um, it's a little bit of a risky game. 
Okay, that makes a lot of sense. So I want to move down the show sheet a little bit. I kind of put these guys out of order, but we're going to talk about Dak Prescott since it's Mark Cooper's teammate. Dak Prescott, obviously, last year had that gruesome ankle injury. It looked similar to what happened to what happened to Conor McGregor a couple of weeks ago. To be honest with you, that was one of the craziest injuries I've seen in a while. I hope that Dak Prescott is okay. I assume you're going to tell me what you think about it, but he had a compound ankle fracture and dislocation. It was a very gruesome injury. Seeing him cry as they're taking him off the field, I was like, damn, that must hurt really bad or probably worse than I would even imagine. So what do you think about Dak Prescott since he's already back up as a top five quarterback discussion into maybe potentially a number one fantasy quarterback if he's able to stay healthy? What do you think about his health going forward after seeing what happened last year? And how to me, he looks fine now, but I haven't really seen any videos of him playing football. I just saw a video of him celebrating after his college won the college football or college basketball baseball world series geez <laughs> yeah yeah um so Dak is an interesting case he had this open fracture the bone was sticking out the ankle was dislocated so yeah it's definitely something that wasn't minor to say the least he had the recovery he had um all the, the i think he had an external fixator is what it's called i don't remember specifically um, where they essentially just hold it in place there and then he had something to clean up the deltoid ligament which is the ligament on the inside of the ankle it's one of the strongest broadest ligaments in the whole body so he looks to be doing really well this was a couple of months ago where he was turning pivoting cutting yeah. and throwing and it looked really good and so you i fully expect Dak prescott to be back and he personally said himself he's like i've put the i've put the injury behind me um now when it comes to psychologically, this is where it's we get into the a little bit of like non-quantifiable waters. There is a lot of psychology that goes into this. Players will wear braces even though there's no for on their knee, even though there's no evidence that they help after an ACL tear, for example, Jimmy Garoppolo, because it's just comforting. They want yeah. that comfort and security to know that, hey, something's there, even if it's not beneficial. Uh, the same thing might be going on with Dak. If he drops back, he might be skittish the first, you know, handful of games. He might be skittish the first quarter. Who knows? He might be. He might not be skittish at all. But this is one of those um, non-quantifiable things that you really should consider. And if you are on the fence, for example, if you're on the fence between Dak Prescott and and Josh Allen, right? Let's say you think just personally. I'm not saying this is the consensus. Let's say you think they're very equal talents. You, they're going to have very equal outcomes. Coming off that injury in the first four weeks, you could consider that maybe his rushing ceiling, Dak's rushing ceiling is going to be limited because of the psychology or because yeah. they scheme it that way, which we can talk about scheming too for something like somebody like Burrow we'll, we'll get into a little bit later. Um, but that's something they could use it as a tiebreaker. If you're between two quarterbacks, I would definitely use it as a tiebreaker. But from a big picture perspective, oh, dude, I'm all in on Dak Prescott. Okay, so that's at least good news to hear that it seems like he's going to be good to go. All reports pointed to him being good to go week one, but once you see something like that happen on your TV, you never really know what's going on. Uh, psychologically, that's something important that I've never even heard someone talk about besides you right now, that this could be a very psychological thing of him trying to go ahead and run and maybe he gets scared and he just falls backwards or something and just does a nice Eli Manning self-sack to himself. So, <laughs> the butt fumble, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, maybe one of those. So the next player to talk about, unless you have anything to add on Dak, would be the other quarterback in this video, which is Joe Burrow, Cincinnati Bengals. He tore his ACL and his MCL, I believe, which ju just also sounds like a terrible injury. All these these injuries sound pretty bad, except for Amari Cooper's, but apparently if you actually have plantar fasciitis, that is one of the worst injuries ever to just walk on, I heard, at yes. least. So yeah, uh, <laughs> with Joe Burrow, 
what do you think about him? Because he's one of my favorite targets right now, a quarterback who goes pretty late in drafts, who I think has a lot of upside because I feel like the Cowboys offense and the Cincinnati Bengals offense are pretty similar, and they both have very bad defenses. So that's why I'm targeting both Dak and Joe Burrow. Just so happens that they're both injured. So what is going on here with Joe Burrow, and will he be fine to go week one, which has been some concern, at least I've seen on the internet. Yes. So Joe Burrow had an ACL tear, an MCL tear, meniscus tear, a and it's been reported there was also some a PCL involvement. We don't know to what extent or if they needed to be repaired, which you can also assume because of such a massive tear that he had caps a capsular uh, tear as well, which essentially is exactly what it sounds like. All those ligaments sit within a capsule mm-hmm. of tissue. There was probably disruption of that capsule too. Ooh. It was a big injury, and I want to emphasize that. It was a massive injury. It was bigger than Saquon's ACL. It was bigger than OBJ's, than Sutton's. It was a massive injury. So what does that mean? Well, we know that multi-ligament ACL injuries tend to do worse in terms of their timeline and when they return. Here's Burrow's saving grace. He's a quarterback. If, If the roles were reversed between Saquon and Joe Burrow, I would be full fading Saquon Barkley, but they're not. Mm-hmm. This is a massive injury, and the reason I would be fading him is because of the functional demands. Needing to come back, get that muscle back online, the quad, get the hamstring stronger again, be confident on that knee, get your sea legs back, cutting, jumping, pivoting, moving, and then stopping on a dime. That's what you need from a running back. Yeah. But quarterback, you can sort of scheme it away. Most surgeons won't release a player to full contact, full activity, full, you know, no, no restrictions until nine months after an ACL. It's going to be nine months and I think 10 days for Joe Burrow on kickoff day. So what I'm saying today, as we sit here in July, is that Joe Burrow is quite literally cutting it as close as possible (laughs) to where most surgeons in the whole world, even for professional athletes, maybe even more so for professional athletes would feel comfortable saying, all right, go do your thing. Okay. Now that's the now we also have to play into the fact that he's been saying he's going to be ready for week one. Okay, have we ever really heard a player say they're not? When Antonio Gibson said he wasn't going to be ready, everybody sort of scratched their head and was confused. Everybody's always going to be ready for week one. So what I'm saying today is hedge your bets. If you're all in on Burrow, I get it. He's super talented. He doesn't need his feet to move. His mobility probably will be capped because of the psychology again or even just because of the of the muscular connection that hasn't been reestablished yet nine months is really quick for a massive injury like that hedge your bets though it is not a slam dunk that he's going to be back by then totally different situations lesser injury but carson wentz came back at nine months and or i'm sorry if i remember this correctly and i should have pulled this tweet up before but carson wentz came back at a very similar time frame, and I'm uh-huh. filibustering for myself so that I can pull up my own tweet because I put <laughs> them side by side. And so here it is. In 2017, Carson went towards ACL and LCL. His surgery was December 13th. He returned at nine months and 10 days. So Burrow towards ACLs, MCLs, PCL, and his meniscus had surgery December 10th, 2020. He's aiming to return September 12th. Wait for it. Nine months and 10 days later. <laughs> wow. So yeah, isn't that crazy? So <laughs> what I'm saying here is I think they can scheme it away if they choose to bring him back. I think the quick slants, the three-step drops, maybe running the ball. I'm on the Joe Mixon hype train, so maybe mm-hmm. maybe they'll hop on that themselves, the Bengals. Mm-hmm. But what I would say is 
be careful, head your bets. It's not hundred percent slam dunk. He's back yet. I'm not saying that he can't, you know, overcome the, the odds, but the odds aren't necessarily in his favor. Okay. And uh, the last thing that I would say is don't believe anything Zach Taylor or the Bengals say the AJ green saga in 2019. We know how that went. The Joe, <laughs> the Joe Mixon saga last year was Zach Taylor. We know how that went. Anything that comes from that organization, I'm not believing. All right. So basically what you're just implying is that if you draft Joe Burrow, you should probably draft another quarterback then, at least from what you're saying, because if he's not ready week one, then you're screwed. But it also sounds like maybe he won't even be good for later than that. Maybe he misses even more time because like you were saying, Zach Taylor is one of those guys who's just going to come out and tell you he'll lie straight to your face. Like Sean McVay did that a few years ago with Todd Gurley saying, oh, he's good to go. He's fine. He definitely doesn't have a messed up knee. And then, you know, Todd Gurley's missing all his time. So that is something very important to note. So I'm now, every time I draft Joe Burrow inside of a draft, I will remember that you need to draft another quarterback because of that. And I didn't even think about how that would limit his rushing upside, which is a stupid, it's obvious, right? That's a very obvious thing. That's to think, what I'm here for, man. That's it. what I'm here for. <laughs> yeah. That's thank you I'm very much. For. So guys, make sure you're listening to this. Make sure you're paying attention. Maybe take out a notepad or something. Cause this is some real important information here. I'm going to write it down after I'll go watch it back, write it all down. So the next player to talk about here is running back Jeff Wilson of the San Francisco 49ers torn meniscus. Now he's a guy that has really fallen out of favor in fantasy, but last year and in the past, Jeff Wilson has actually been a pretty solid running back for San Francisco. He's a guy that's going to be starting the season on the IR. So he's a guy that you can draft and throw into your IR spot. Do you think there's any way that Jeff Wilson is good to go anywhere near the beginning of the season? Because the reports are, at least from what I read, that maybe it'll take three to four weeks into the season. Or is he just a guy you're not going to draft at all? You're like, you know what? This injury, it might be too severe. Yeah, you know, so here's the thing. You're going to have to remind me on Jeff Wilson. This is maybe an indicator of how interested I've been or how much I'm investing in Jeff Wilson. I don't even remember if he had, did he have the meniscectomy? He had a meniscus surgery, right? I believe so. Yeah. Because they said that would take him out a bunch of weeks. Yeah. So May 27th, I'm seeing here, Jeff Wilson tore his meniscus in the 49ers locker room, which by the way, the story is nuts that he was like trying to get out of a chair. I don't think that's that. I think his meniscus was already tore torn and then he like stood up and it was like out fell in the shower or something yeah <laughs> something yeah. weird yeah um but here's the thing he had a full meniscectomy um which is what it sounds like that's gonna be something that he's gonna be out several months for at okay. least um unless i'm wrong uh, unless you are unless you have a different report that you're seeing this is gonna be something that he's gonna be out for a long time and i don't expect him necessarily to be back by the beginning of the season is surgery was essentially in June. That's July, August, September. I definitely don't think he'll be ready by the beginning of the season. Even when he does come back, it's going to be a little iffy to trust him because there's specific data literature showing that NFL players coming back after men, uh, meniscus are a lot more limited. They don't see as many snaps. They don't play as many games. They just have more complications. A meniscus injury is pretty uh, difficult to, to rebound from. Uh, because it's just the the meniscus is a shock absorber of the knee and it's just really stubborn and a lot of it a lot of the a lot of the meniscus isn't doesn't have a blood supply of its own so it relies on sort of passive oxygen and it's difficult to heal sometimes and when you're constantly pounding on it it just takes time so it's just a hard injury to recover from excuse me so i personally wouldn't be investing in somebody like jeff wilson who was sort of fringy anyway right he was like a very very average player like he did yeah. good he did fine in the situation given his given his role but like he's a very average athlete as well compared to other nfl players so being able to overcome the way saquon will i i'm not i'm not in on jeff wilson 
Okay, well, I was never even looking to draft Jeff Wilson, but I was looking at a bunch of injured players, and then in my head, he just popped up, and I was like, well, I've seen him go in drafts in, like, the 14th round, and I was like, is that even worth it? Like, as a guy you can throw on the IR, is that someone you'd be willing to draft, or would you rather just draft someone that probably is going to play week one with high upside? I'd probably take somebody like, I think the ADP sounds familiar to, like, Rashad Penny. I'd yeah. rather take, like, a Rashad Penny in that in that range. Um, I'd rather take a flyer there, because I think Penny will get more volume anyway. And that, you know, we know how Shanahan freaking backfields work out anyway. They just drafted yeah. Sermon. He's going to be coming, you know, off a, a, a limp leg and he's going to be like the third guy on the on the depth chart. It's just, yeah, yeah it's <laughs> I don't I don't I just don't see it, I guess. You know, you can try to paint yourself a, a pretty picture with a lot of players. I just don't see it this year with Wilson. OK, yeah, that that backfield is one of the most confusing things ever from week in, week out standpoint. And th- that makes a lot of sense. So one other player I want to talk about here is Christian McCaffrey. This man hurt probably every bone in his fucking like body last season. He had a high ankle sprain, pedal ankle sprain, grade three, shoulder AC joint sprain and a thigh glute sprain. Whole lot of sprains last season. He only played in three games, but the guy's just a dominant running back. He averaged like, yeah, 30 points in a PPR format in those three games, like the guy's going to be dominant, but let me know what you think. Is he fine to be drafting? I would assume so since everyone else is talking about so high, but drafts draft Christian McCaffrey. Okay. I'll get <laughs> in, at the, I won't say just like, let's, and let's move on. That's kind of douchey. I'll give you the reason. The reason is running backs get hurt Yeah. and running backs get hurt. Unfortunately with these contact injuries. So the first injury he had was the high ankle sprain, right? I think that was, that's what came first. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So the high ankle sprain, those things happen to running backs. So he went from training camp practice to game to riding the bench and practicing rehabbing for five, six weeks, whatever it was, to back in the game, to AC sprain, to rehabbing again for something different, to back into the game, trying to practice to get back. And that's when his workloads went up and down and up and down. His his literal, what it sounds like, his physical workloads. Mm -hmm. There's research to indicate that when workloads change and vary enough that a, a player has a three to six per three to six times likelier chance of, of contracting this contracting of getting this soft <laughs> tissue injury. And so that's probably, that's the most likely thing that happened to Christian McCaffrey after he pulled his quad, his body was just like, yo, what is going on here? You're a well-oiled machine. You're typically not <laughs> having these workloads that are up and down. And that, and then his quad just gave up. That connection was just something that he was more susceptible to at that time. So I don't expect any of that to recur this year. Um, these injuries that he sustained last year, they don't tend to carry over. And I'm drafting Christian McCaffrey 1.01. Okay. So you're telling me that the Panthers doctors are just stupid or something? Like, should they have like teased no, them in? No, or, no, or no, 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 no. I'm not going to let you do that to me. <laughs> I, I, I try my best to always be as respectful to those people as possible because I'm not in the room. I don't know okay. how to handle things, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So I did not say that. Okay. Um, I said it though. Quote me. <laughs> <laughs> they handled it well. I think they handle it as best as they could. Plus it's like once you're in that situation, the Panthers were like very, I think they were, what, what was their final record? I don't even remember what their final record was. I think was. they might've had four wins. Maybe. They seemed like they were a dumpster fire last year. It was yeah, not going it, well. But like, then you, but then you got the athlete who's like, wants to be back out there. It's like, what are you supposed to do? Uh, that's, that's a tough situation to be in. Yeah, yeah, I, I understand that. The final player that is actually injured, and then we're going to talk about two players that are not necessarily injured, 
but I want to talk about. Uh, Cam Akers obviously has no effect on your fantasy season this year with him out. Draft Darrell Henderson, don't draft Darrell Henderson. I don't know because they might end up adding another running back to that room, and that obviously affects everything. So what are you thinking about Cam Akers here? Obviously, hearing someone get hurt before training camp to me is like an extra shot to the heart or something because it's like they didn't even make it to training camp. They just got hurt like off the facility. So what's going on with Cam Akers? Do you think he will be fine 12 months from now to start training camp next year? Or do you think that this is a, a big deal and maybe career, not career ending necessarily, because that's what people will talk about, but is it possible that he misses more time than uh, a year? So the injury that Cam Akers sustained is the Achilles rupture. This is essentially worst case scenario injury for a running back. That's not career, you know, that any, any anything that isn't career ending, yeah. um, it's slightly above, slightly better than career ending. It's career altering at best. None of the data indicates that players that running back specifically can come back and reach their ceiling and be as explosive as possible. Okay. I talked about this on my podcast, injury prone fantasy football podcast, where the reason that these Achilles injuries and these tendon injuries are so difficult to come back from is, is if you compare it to, for example, an ACL, an ACL tear, an ACL is a ligament, obviously. A ligament connects bone to bone. It's a static tissue itself. It is not, it's not a, a live tissue the way that a tendon is. A tendon is the extension of the muscle, and that tendon is huge. It connects three muscles that help you plant and jump. It's the motion that helps you look over the fence like, you know, tippy toes. That's the tendon. That's, that's the tendon that, the, that connects to the muscles that do that. So when you tear this tendon, you can reconstruct it and you can rehab it. The bottom line is that we can't beat biology. When that tendon remodels, it remodels imperfectly. The connections aren't the same. The physical structural connections aren't the same. The, the, the makeup and the integrity of the tendon is just different. It's either less elastic, more elastic. We don't really know at this point. It just doesn't transmit forces the way that it could. It's a live tissue that was, that was torn. That's why it's so hard for these players and running backs to come back from when they need to jump, they need to cut, they need to move on a dime. And sometimes to a certain extent, they they're stuck in their own bodies because they have the vision, they have the speed, but the burst is just missing. And that's essentially what you, you're going to have more than likely with Cam Akers. Can he come back and be like a top 12 to 15 running back? I think given his age and his situation and all the data indicating um, that players can't come back from uh, this injury. Let me back up. What I'm trying to say is the data on all these injuries that players don't come back from after Achilles injuries, the average age of those players is 28. Mm -hmm. So that's not ideal. But on the flip side, the average age of all those players is 28. Does that make sense? So yeah. he's 22, I think it is. Yeah, 22. It's pretty high draft capital. He was going to have the opportunity. So he has a better chance and an opportunity to still, you know, be a contributor. But there's just the overwhelming amount of data, the systematic reviews on this, on this situation just don't fare well. And I just don't see that he's going to be able to hit his ceiling the same way that somebody like Kevin Durant did, because Kevin Durant was just a freak of nature, um, totally different job demands and functional demands. But this is just not this is not ideal. This is not something that I think is going to allow Cam Akers to reach his ceiling. OK, that makes a lot of sense. So uh, that really changed my mind. I thought he'd be like fine or something, but I guess not. <laughs> it appears that uh, this is a very bad scenario for Cam Akers. So uh, he can still be good. And that's what I want to get across. He can still be a contributor somewhere. But whatever you thought Cam Akers ceiling was, it's gone. It's really it's he's the odds are working against him. OK, that makes a lot of sense. So now on to the part of the video where we talk about players that aren't actually hurt, but always seem to get hurt. So I can figure out uh, 
what your thoughts are on these guys. So Dalvin Cook, running back of the Minnesota Vikings last year, I was screaming from the mountaintops, not to draft Dalvin Cook. Seems like he always gets hurt. Again, not a doctor. Don't really understand why he always gets hurt, but it seems like he always gets hurt. He always missing these games. Then last year, he uh, he basically did not get hurt. He got hurt, obviously, at a point in the season, but he played a majority of the season, was perfectly fine. So can you explain to me why this happens and why Dalvin Cook kind of has that injury-prone title around him that – it gets to me and to other analysts that talk about fantasy football. So what's wrong with Alvin cook? Like, why does he always get hurt? <laughs> Basically. Yeah, no, it's a good question, man. So the thing about Dalvin cook is he, he's had three or four shoulder dislocations since high school. Mm-hmm. When you were fading him, you were fading him. Maybe you got there in a flawed way a little bit to a certain extent, probably, yeah. but you got to the right answer. He should have been somebody that you were looking at more cautiously than than I think that most people were. And I wrote about last year at fantasypoints.com. Regardless of what happened last year, he is still at a higher risk to re-dislocate those shoulders that he's had surgeries on. Um, this is the 2019 injury that everybody was, you know, that he famously had an issue with. Yeah. He 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 dislocated the shoulder. There is a four between a 40 and 52% chance that he will that will happen to him again in his career. Okay. The issue is that we don't know when, right? Mm. Sort of like injuries, sort of when it rains, it pours like it did for Christian McCaffrey. When it's good, it's good. And it's been good. It was good for him for 16 games. Um, I'm not guaranteeing that his shoulder is going to dislocate again because you can't guarantee those things. As long as he's playing a contact sport, though, it's really difficult to to not take that into into consideration. He is in the red light tier at my my tiers that I just published today. and he's the only player, sort of the top five running back type player in that tier. And Saquon is above him. I personally still view Dave, Dalvin Cook as the most, as the riskiest top five running back option on the board. Okay. However, I also get it. The upside is astronomical. So I joked about, you know, somebody could turn around and tell me that I wear three pairs of socks to to bed too, <laughs> and I carry around two jackets just in case. Um, about Dalvin Cook, and I, I would get it, and I, I would get it, but that's personally where I weigh his injuries and his specific shoulder issues. That's how that's how I feel about it. Okay, so if you're sitting there at pick number two, obviously you assume McCaffrey's gone. Are you taking Dalvin Cook, or are you, you know, you know, you're kind of a little bit worried, so you take someone different? Because I'm Good I'm question. on the Cook train right now. But last year I told people to take Joe Mixon over Dalvin Cook, and that didn't end up too <laughs> well. So you know, <laughs> I would probably take. Dalvin Cook four times out of 10 and the field oh. six times out of 10. Okay. That makes sense. If that's I don't know if that makes any sense to anybody who's listening, <laughs> but no, that's how I sense. view it. That's how I try to view players is how, how many times out of 10 would I take them over, over the field? Okay. So final player to discuss here. Now he has lost his role. Not really lost his role. He just switched teams. James Conner running back now of the Arizona Cardinals looking to be the backup for Chase Edmonds. But there's a lot of hype around him because frankly, at least in my opinion, Chase Edmonds is not a flashy name. He's just a guy that plays running back in the NFL who does have top 24 potential if Cliff Kingsbury utilizes him. But if things go wrong, if it starts to be more touches to James Conner, then maybe James Conner could be really good. But James Conner is also a guy who, at least in my opinion, has suffered a bunch of injuries in his career. He seems to always be missing games. People joke that he's made out of glass. I assume that's not something you like to hear, but it sounds like uh, that's what happens to him. So what is it up with James Conner? And do you think that he'll be fine in Arizona or is there a chance that he just gets hurt hurt again and uh, ruins your dreams. Draft Chase Edmonds in every best ball draft that you have this year. <laughs> okay. 
in every redraft, every redraft uh, league that you're in, draft Chase Edmonds. Unfortunately for James Conner, he hasn't been able to stay healthy. Now, he did play 13 games last year before contracting COVID, so yeah. that's an issue. Um, that's that's I guess that's a non-issue, but we also saw the performance dip. I mean, he played yeah. 13 games, but he was bad. He was Very bad. bad. There seems to be an inverse relationship between him staying on the field and him performing well. So that's just something to, to keep in mind and consider. Unfortunately, he had the fortunately he had the cancer and, and beat it. So that's yeah. great. Obviously, I wonder, and I'm thinking out loud. I'm not saying this is this isn't anywhere in the literature because we don't have any any good evidence of it. I wonder if the the treatment for the cancer impacted something cellular at a genetic level, the way that his body creates connective tissue, not allowing him to take the beating that he would be able to if that wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Don't quote me and say nobody listening. Don't quote me saying that I found, you know, there's no study on this. This is sort of a, a case study of N equals one. The larger sample outside of the 13 games from last year is that James Conner cannot stay healthy and he has connective tissue dysfunction constantly. Yeah. AC sprains. And he tore his entire MCL before in his last year in college. Only 4% of players actually completely tear an MCL. That's not common. He had the thigh. I think the thigh bruise, what it was in 2019. Yeah. Um, he's got these ankle sprains. He had another ankle sprain last year. Uh, it's just it, the overwhelming evidence doesn't show that Connor can stay on the field, A, and perform, B, at the same time. So I'm not really that confident in him. Okay. So you're saying to just not even draft James Connor then, because he was a guy I was looking at late because of the upside that he has, but are you just looking to just completely fade him then? And you think this really is chase Edmonds time. <laughs> never say never, right? Never say never. Maybe I take James Connor one out of 10 times. Okay. Against the field. Um, but I, I just, I'm more James Connor's more of an afterthought. I don't want to, I'm not, I'm not necessarily like actively fading him at every turn. Okay. But I'd just rather have so many other players. Like I mentioned Rashad Penny earlier. Um, I'd rather have Chase Edmonds, like I said, in bit and best ball. I think we can leverage actively versus just fade Connor. I think we can leverage the situation with Chase Edmonds, regardless of what you think of Chase Edmonds. Um, I'm I'm relatively confident that he's going to outperform his ADP considering where he's going. Okay. All right, so I guess I got to change my opinion on Chase Edmonds now too. But based upon this injury, at least it seems like what you're saying does kind of make sense, though, about uh, how his cancer could have affected him. Again, you said there's no medical evidence about that, but that does kind of make sense. So, uh, do you have anything to add here before we head out to that? No, man. I just hope I don't want to change your mind too much. I mean, I, I'm no, not... it's not a complete <laughs> mind change, but it's just like a th an interesting thought. Like, hey, maybe maybe James Conner isn't as good because like what you're saying when the other running backs took over for Pittsburgh it seemed like James Conner was struggling to get out of that like if he gets benched they put in Benny Snell or Anthony McFarland then he just would not be able to fight back into the game and maybe that is something that I never even thought about but that is true so absolutely yeah it's just yeah I just I, I think we've seen what we know what James Conner is unfortunately um, I wish him nothing but the best but he sort of I think he is what he is at this point Okay, that makes a lot of sense. James Conner, still one of my favorite players, but uh, yeah, I do get that. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I get it, I get it. All right, so thank you guys for watching so much, uh, watching this whole video. We did this for about 40 minutes, so shout out to Edwin as well. You can shout out all of your links again, everything again, so that people make sure they check it out down below in the description. At FBInjuryDocFantasyPoints.com for my written content and the Injury Prone Fantasy Football Podcast. And that's it. I really appreciate you having me on and being patient with me, man.
It's no problem. It's no problem. We eventually were able to set this up and uh, hopefully you guys did end up enjoying this one. Hopefully you guys got a lot from this video because obviously as someone who doesn't really not in the medical field, there's a lot of names for all these injuries. They're very confusing, but I'm glad that you uh, gave me a nice understanding here on all of these players. So I wish you guys all good luck uh, in your guys' drafts when they come up in a month from now, I guess uh, at this point, but uh, hopefully all of this injury news and there's not too much more injury news in the future that we have to discuss, hopefully, but it seems like every single year, Guys are getting hurt left and right, so we'll just have to wait until then to uh, talk about it. So thank you guys for watching. Shout out to Edwin again. I really appreciate it. Thank you guys for watching so much. I'll see you guys tomorrow with another video. As always, goodbye.